Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news, trends, and hottest topics that focus on advances in cybersecurity and cyber industry economics. Our expert yet down-to-earth hosts make cybersecurity straightforward. They ask the tough questions and make this challenging topic something that everyone can understand. Our candid approach lets guests open up on topics we would all like to see addressed. You can find us on the web at newcyberfrontier.com. That's www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join today's host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the New Cyber Frontier. Today, we've got a great episode lined up with David Vaughn. David Vaughn uh, wears several different hats. I've known David for uh, a few years now. We actually served together on the uh, International Board of Directors for the oldest and largest nonprofit cybersecurity uh, association in the world, ISSA, the Information System Security Association. Uh, but David uh, just transitioned. Um, David just left uh, Spy Cloud, where he was the senior investigator. Now uh, landed at a, at a great job. I can't wait to hear more about your new role uh, as head of cyber threat intelligence over at Equinix. Welcome, David, to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, Sean. Hey, so, you know, um, I know you, you're a highly technical guy. You're, you're not, uh, you know, all bogged down with uh, all the boring stuff like governance uh, and, and all of the all the stuff that clogs everybody's brains up um, in, in you focus a lot more on the technical side until you put your hat on as a, as a CW4 warrant officer with the U.S. Army. Uh, then at that level, you've got to be able to translate strategy and technology and solutions and help solve problems. So uh, why don't you give us a little bit about your background? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the, the greatest part of my background is obviously the military. I've been in the Army now. 23 years, uh, six of that have been on active mobilizations, uh, been overseas uh, a couple times, both Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, as a warrant officer, though, I've been mostly technical um, until I came to the Pentagon, where you're right, uh, I had to learn the GRC hat really quickly. <laughs> also, um, as it was eloquently put to me, I had to learn how to eat with a fork and knife at the table. Uh, and uh, a mentor of mine told me that a couple of weeks ago, and it really, really sat home for uh, some of the things that I, I've had such a challenge with. But uh, um, in the military, I am a senior cyber advisor at uh, headquarters, Department of the Army. So I advise the, the general officer staff within the CIO office and the G6. When I first came on board, the CIO G6 was one thing, and then they broke it into two things now. So there is an Army CIO, which is Dr. Iyer, and then you have the Army G6, was uh, Lieutenant General Morrison. Um, and I, I balance between the senior leaders there for all things that have to do with commercial cloud. So it was a, a really uh, interesting nexus of uh, what led me to discover this new role that I started today with uh, Equinix as the head of Cyber Threat Intel. Um, but um, leaving uh, SpyCloud was uh, bittersweet. I, thought long and hard about the opportunity that was presented with Equinix. And um, I think that the, the importance that Equinix plays behind the scenes for all of the major uh, commercial cloud providers uh, and what they do for not just the US government, but many sovereign governments and their instances of commercial cloud uh, was just uh, too, too great of an opportunity to have 
some type of long-lasting impact on. So uh, made a decision to to, to jump ship and uh, take on this new exciting role. But it, it's so awesome the experience that I've had, not just working with folks like yourself, uh, uh, but uh, other other senior leaders that are well more uh, accomplished than myself. That experience with ISSA is bleeding over into building out this team uh, with Acronex. So I, I feel like I have some pretty good uh, uh, foundational knowledge to come on and, and hit the ground running. And I've already wrote a charter. I have a strategic vision. I have a 30, 60, 90 day plan. I don't know too many uh, folks that hit the ground running day one with all these things ready to hand over for, for consideration. So, um, so yeah, uh, that's a little bit about my, uh, my, my background. <laughs> well, I thank you for your service at uh, 23 years is it, it's a long time and, you know, continuing to fight the fight and, um, and, and the battlefield isn't just, you know, dirt and sand and, and, you know, weapons that we shoot with our trigger finger. Right. Um, uh, and, and that's where you focus a lot of, uh, energy on, you know, what is that next generation of threat, uh, and being able to take that and understand that and apply that to your commercial sense as well. Um, so, you know, this new role with Equinex, um, you know, tell us a little bit about Equinex. It's funny, we were talking uh, probably a couple of weeks ago, and um, I just found out about Equinex about a year ago when I was doing some research, and I was surprised to find out how long they've been around since the dot-com boom and yeah. to what level of presence they have in the world. I mean, all of the big dogs like Microsoft and Amazon and all these other organizations I mean, Equinix is what makes them work. Why don't you give us a little bit of background on Equinix? Yeah, so, you know, your your knowledge is uh, about as much as mine was. Uh, I was very shocked uh, to learn about them. I was, I was in a meeting um, uh, at the Pentagon and saw Equinix on a slide deck uh, for a major migration. And I was like, if this company is important enough to be tracking this migration of this thing that doesn't seem that important, um, you know, I wonder if we uh, we have any spy cloud data on them, right? So um, I looked into it, and uh, it uh, led me to learn so much about them and and their role in 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 cloud in general. Uh, but basically, in a nutshell, what they do is they connect businesses to businesses. So their their major um, uh, line of business is their interconnections. So connecting one business to a cloud presence, whether it's Azure, Amazon, or Oracle, Salesforce, et cetera, um, that interconnection, that vendor neutral interconnection um, is their, their main line of business. Uh, um, they also are uh, in the colo market as well. So if you don't, um, if you're a small company, you don't have a data center, you need to be SOC 2 and all those, you know, checkbox uh, uh, requirements for some industries, right? You can uh, lease a, a colo space in one of those data centers that has all those and and start out on the same footing as some of the you know the big players in the market that have their own data centers and built all those certifications and invested in all that and it really it's a, a market uh differentiator of you know uh, equalizer so to speak right you you have that that space in that data center that meets all the check boxes allows you to compete uh, uh you know with the big guys without uh, the, the big guy's footprint, because you're, you're essentially using the Equinix footprint. 
That's awesome. You know, it, it, when you start to look underneath the the hood of what Equinex is and, and their their global footprint, um, it, it starts to to come into light, and it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty massive. Um, you know, we're talking to David Vaughn. Um, he is the new head of cyber threat um, uh, intelligence over at Equinix. Uh, we're going to hear more from him right after this break for with our sponsor. Cyber Resilience Institute helps build strong cyber communities designed to prevent members from attack. Like building a neighborhood watch, it takes coordination and a sharing community to protect our identities and valuables in the virtual world. Typically, we hear that organizations know they need to do something to protect their cyber assets, but don't know where to begin. Let Cyber Resilience Institute help your community create an action plan. Cyber Resilience Institute will build your community or business marketplace so that it is designed to support a collective cyber defense. Contact them for more information at cyberresilienceinstitute.org. Welcome back to the new cyber frontier. My name is Sean Murray. We've, we're talking with David Vaughn. Um, he was the uh, new, the latest, uh, literally started today, right? Yeah. yeah, started today. The head of cyber over threat intelligence over at Equinix. Um, you know, you spent a couple years over at SpyCloud, which was another uh, great adventure for you. You know, some of the things that uh, I was able to learn about what you and, and you did as a uh, senior intel uh, uh, investigator uh, for SpyCloud. Some of the tech that they've got is super, uh, super cool as well. Um, interfaces with things on the dark net, the dark web, the the ability to um, ingest information and data to provide a, a client with, uh, you know, a, a footprint of what, the, you know, oh, we've never been hacked. We've never had uh, anything compromised. SpyCloud, um, that technology is pretty pervasive. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? What was your role over yes, there? SpyCloud, in its essence, really uh, morphed out of HP Threat Intel. So when HP sold off Tipping Point and, and dissolved the Zero Day Initiative, um, three uh, founders came together and started SpyCloud. And uh, it, it is by far one of the most fun jobs I've ever worked for. Uh, it, it's not really just about the tech. I mean, the culture was phenomenal. Um, you know, the leadership team really cared about the employees. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have to say anything. I mean, uh, uh, to, to gain any favor there, they really took care of everybody, not just myself. But the, 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 the emphasis of what they do is they collect third-party breach data, but not just collecting it as an aggregate. They're also actively trying to demonetize that stolen data by cracking the password hashes of the third-party breach data. And then every password that they uh, uh, are able to crack, which they're at about a 90% a crack rate, um, they're able to put the, those credential pairs into a data lake and through an API call, they can uh, now enable all their customers never to have a password reuse that's been compromised. Um, the real differentiator, though, is with botnet data. So, you know, the third-party breach data, there's a lot of companies that are doing notifications. You, you see it all the time. But very few, uh, if not any, really are doing both botnet and third-party breach data. So uh, botnet data is a little bit more fun to play with because that's real and that's coming from a C2 server that's discovered in the wild, right? So, and all of that data on the C2 server is in plain text already. 
So there's very little effort once we found the C2 server to actually take those credential pairs, ingest them in. And now again, that that is demonetized for the those criminal actors that were trying to exploit that data. Um, it, it is no question why uh, SpyCloud is the market leader in account takeover and, and business email compromise. It almost sounds like when you say that out loud, it's a, a, a verbal commercial, but um, you know, if you can automate uh, rather than doing a notification, because that's after the fact, right? If I say, hey, Dr. Murray, uh, your email account's been compromised. Well, who knows if by the time I've told you about that, what damage might have occurred. But the minute that those passwords and the credential pairs are put into a data lake through an API call, your, uh, your domain and all the domains on your watch list are protected against the 140 billion asset records that they have. And it's it grows every week. So they ingest data every week and every Wednesday notifi- notifications go out to our clients. Even more fun though, is their commitment to remaining uh, a, a no cost service for personal use. So anybody can go to spycloud.com, put in their, their personal emails. Uh, it's not something where we're, you know, uh, they were taking your emails or whatever. They actually provide a service to you and say, hey, you know, this is where we see this and this is why it's a big deal. And I really, I really dug that. Uh, with what I did in investigations, though, is taking that data and doing link analysis, right? So um, if you uh, uh, were doing an investigation and you were trying to do attribution um, and you provided an email address or a phone number, we can tell you all the breach records and all the botnet records that are associated with that data in a graph uh, using tools like Multigo or King & Union or even Jupyter Notebook. We could... Uh, do a pretty robust, uh, and it the, the time to execute that was pretty insane. We're talking like minutes versus, uh, uh, you know, having to go out and scour that on your own. Um, it, it's There's a lot of folks though on the back end that will never get the thanks and the proper recognition because they're out there grabbing the data, you know, uh, getting in those groups, getting on the dark web. And it's because of their hard work that made everybody else look like rock stars at the company. So. Uh, I'm definitely going to miss them. I hope uh, to stay in touch with them. So uh, probably one of the best jobs I've ever worked at. Yeah, that's awesome. I recall, yeah, we were at a board meeting and um, you would say, give me, give me your email address. Give me an yeah. address that you use. And uh, you came back with one and it's a, uh, it was tied. I told you to a, a garbage email that I use because you got to have one for all of the crap when you sign up for something, you know, all that, that email takes all that. And it was a, it was a common password that I used like 10, 15 years ago with not a lot of complexity, but it was for garbage stuff. But just to see the thread and all of the different things that it, uh, that, that caught it uh, was pretty impressive. So, um, you know, that's a tool that should be considered. David just provided out there. So uh, as, as a citizen of the world, you want to find out, um, go out to the spy cloud site and just is, use that for utility. Um, so, that's a that's that's a great snapshot of SpyCloud um, as a military officer. So twenty plus years, um, you know, and and now you're at the highest level within the army, advising those you know who uh, lead you know the the strategy for cyber for army, right? So. Talk a little bit about um, your background in, in the you know building up to that point. Um, you didn't start out as a warrant officer. What did you learn along the way? 
Oh, so many things the hard way. Unfortunately, <laughs> I always seem to be that guy that has to learn things the hard way. But, um, you know, it was my experience. I was one of the very first reservists mobilized after 9-11. In fact, I actually was at Fort Bragg making up a drill that I had missed. Uh, when I walked in, everybody was walk, watching this little black and white TV. And as the plane hit the second building, you know, I walk in very naively. I was like, oh, cool. What movie is that? And everybody's like, that's the news. And I'm like, crap, right? Because at the time I was an MP, right? So, you know, what what are they going to need most, right? People that can man the gates and, and do uh, law enforcement actions, right? So, you know, I went from being an IT guy, uh, network engineer overnight to being a, a police officer on a major installation that might as well be a small city. I mean, I saw everything from homicides to little girls getting their bikes stolen, domestic violence on both sides, not just the, the, the soldier, but, uh, you know, the, the spouse as well. And having to figure out, you know, all the things and, you know, the, the, the whole movement of uh, people disliking police, that, that's nothing new. Everybody's always disliked the police, unfortunately, right? And, uh, um, you know, it, that, that, that's something that follows you, you know, through, through that whole time that you're serving. Um, people love you when they need something from you, but, uh, you know, I, I can't, uh, can't count how many times somebody had their car broken into and I'd show up to give them a report to give to their insurance company, right? And they're like, I'm going to need you to dust this thing for prints. And I'm like, that's not how this works, right? <laughs> so, you know, it, uh, it, it was certainly an experience, but that right there, um, that's what catapulted me um, into the, the warrant officer ranks. Uh, you know, I, I had a, a rough time. I was always running my mouth as an E4 I uh, was an E4 twice as a result. Um, but, uh, you know, looking back in hindsight, all of those experiences really pushed me to figure out, like, how can I stay technical doing what I love doing without having to deal with this problem or that problem or these people's problems? And I saw this this guy over here called a, a warrant officer and nobody ever messed with him and always asked them questions. Uh, and uh, a, a senior leader believed in me. Uh, I still uh, talk to her to this day. She was the Fort Bragg Provost Marshal. His name was uh, Susan Danielson. Uh, she's retired since then, but she really is the one that kind of tucked me under her wing and said, all right, you know, do smart things. You're a smart person. I believe in you. And um, you know, one thing led to another. I helped create uh, a system that they use at the gates that reads your ID cards, and uh, that kind of became a big deal. And um, I got to choose uh, going to any military school I wanted to go to. And my choice was going to warrant officer school. Um, that was also a, a, a pretty uh, intense experience, you know, uh, going from being an E4 thinking, you know, everything to going to warrant officer candidate school, which is like basic training on steroids. Right. So um, very quickly, I learned uh, that uh, my opinion always didn't matter. Right. <laughs> Uh, and uh, made it through uh, uh, Warren Officer School. And I, I, I just have been very fortunate, very lucky to have really good leaders along my path that have uh, kind of kicked me when I needed it, but encouraged me when I didn't believe in myself, right? So um, I was one of the very first 255 Sierras, which is a, uh, a really awesome course if you're Army. It's a, a computer network defense so it's 182 days of nothing but SANS training taught by the course authors, 
right? So you, you're you're live right there with Ed Stutas. You're there with Dave Holzer. You're there with you know uh, uh, John Strand. All these guys that are are icons and in infosec uh, that wrote the books that right there in front of you. You have one week of training with them, one week of hands-on, and then you go take the GX certs. And if you fail, you're out of the program, right? And uh, for reservists, uh, failing your your uh, advanced course, that's pretty much a career ender, right? So, you know, talk about pressure not wanting to, you know, to, to fail, right? Um, I went into that course with the biggest chip on my shoulder because, you know, I had gotten selected below zone to go. I thought I was the smartest guy in InfoSec. I get there, you know, I'll, I'll never forget uh, uh, Chief Torbert is his name. Asked me why I was there, and I told him I didn't know I should be teaching this place. Right? Uh, that's how conky I was being. Right? And uh, um, very quickly, folks like John Strand humbled me and and helped me understand that I uh, more about what I didn't know than what I did know. And that was my biggest takeaway of that: is that infosec, regardless of what your discipline is, every day is a learning experience. If you really want to be good at this. You have to be better than you were the day before. And, and that's that's really what I strive to do uh, each and every day. And then, of course, that has also benefited me in the civilian world, right? Like the certifications are great. Uh, the, the training is phenomenal. But the experiences that I've got to do as a warrant officer um, have certainly uh, bled over into my civilian career. Yeah, that's awesome. What a great diverse background. And it's a learning experience, right? So we all start off as the young cocky kid that thinks that they know everything. I've got a 14-year-old son right now, so um, we're going through that. And then some teenage daughters. But, you know, when we're talking about who we are and what we do, um, we don't know everything, especially in, in this business. You know, we're talking to David Vaughn, uh, currently the uh, new head of cyber threat intelligence over Equinix. Uh, we're going to talk to David a little bit more about his contributions on the community side when we come back right after this. Welcome back to the new cyber frontier. I have David Vaughn. Uh, David is the new head of cyber threat intelligence over at Equinix. He gave us a little bit about his background over at SpyCloud. Um, he's given us uh, some insight into uh, a very brief glimpse of his career as he's progressed uh, throughout the U.S. Army. And uh, what I'd like to do now is focus on um, you know, you contribute on the community side as well. So one of the, the greatest things that we can do as professionals, especially with the background that you've shared over, um, you know, all the positions you've held, including the military, is to be able to share that experience and contribute uh, to a little bit of a higher calling. And um, I'm very honored to, to serve with you on the board of directors for the oldest and largest cybersecurity association, information security, cybersecurity association in the world. 
world. Um, so what got you involved with ISSA, Information Systems Security Association? Um, and tell us how, how that's led you to the board and what does that do? What does that fulfill for you today as an as, as individual contribution? So it was all uh, um, an accident, really. Initially, I showed up to an ISSA meeting for Raleigh, uh, and uh, a, a gentleman who's uh, since passed uh, recently, uh, Brad Holsher, kind of was like, "Hey, you want to be a member?" And I'm like, "I'm just here for the free food, right? Like in the the networking." Um, and and, the, and so I, this I, is your Raleigh chapter. This is a local chapter, right? Yeah, the Raleigh chapter, uh, uh, which is you know, it's been in the top ten for a while uh but you know i can remember when it wasn't and and that's when i first started going and i i kept showing up and you know, we'd have these monthly meetings and i get to rub elbows with you know CISO at duke university i get to meet the CISO of this place or CISO of that place and at that time like that's all i wanted to be in life was a CISO. i've since had a role as a CISO, and it's one of the probably the the uh uh more <laughs> colorful experiences I've ever had. Um, you know, it's a ton of stress, but uh, the, the Raleigh chapter was amazing. Um, I felt that there was a really strong uh, need, though, to get back to basics. So I created a program called Back to Basics for the Raleigh chapter, uh, and it became really successful. It became a membership driver. Um, it became something that folks actually uh, wanted to come do and Really, all we were doing is uh, taking somebody from within the membership that was an expert in this, something that they were passionate about, and, and giving them a, a floor for an hour before each meeting. And, uh, you know, we had people teaching about uh, building secure APKs or configuring a, a Cisco switch or, you know, something that, you know, as somebody that's a senior like us, maybe they, they did back in the day and they're not doing it anymore. Uh, you know, just kind of a refresher, right? Uh, and the intent was you should be able to get up there and speak passionately about this thing without slides. You can certainly have slides, but be able to speak about it and, without any uh, aids, right? Without any slides and to get up there, just talk about what you're passionate in. And in 2015, uh, I was uh, uh, elected as a member of the year or volunteer of the year uh, for that program and uh, got to come to the international conference uh, to receive that award. It was the first time I'd ever been to the international conference. Um, and, and what really struck me was just how passionate all the leaders were. I mean, not just yourself, but, um, you know, Pam and, and Marianne Davidson and, and, and just how awesome it was to be around them. Then I find out that uh, um, the Sean Harris scholarship that I had started through the Raleigh chapter, you know, through you know, the chain of command, right? We had started that. Uh, I had found out that it had not quite been funded yet. So, you know, me being the, the gift of gab person I am, I went pandering around to all the vendors at that conference and raised the last bit of money. Uh, uh, but rather than seeking any on a spotlight for that, um, that's also when I got to uh, do some work with the women in security uh, SIG that the ISSA had started. And, um, I let them present that the money had been raised on behalf of the women in security SIG. Uh, and that's a scholarship that's still, still going strong to this day. Uh, but the, the, the bittersweet moment of all of that was the personal connection that I had with Sean Harris right before my 2009 deployment to Iraq, 
I reached out to her asking, Hey, look, I'm, I'm in the military. I'm getting deployed. Um, you know, I can't really afford a $4,000 CISSP course. Um, do you offer a military discount? All I was looking for was just the discount, right? She replies back to me, uh, send me your mailing address. So I'm like, all right, no matter. Send her my mailing address. Uh, next day, she overnighted all of her training materials, her book, uh, her videos, and it had a handwritten letter in it stating that when you get settled in overseas, uh, reach out to me. Here's my personal cell phone number, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll work with you uh, one night a week. And uh, I was just so touched because, you know, here's this. This lady is well accomplished, has a busy schedule, runs her own business. She's training and she's going to talk to, a, uh, you know, an up and comer like myself. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I didn't tell her this at the time, but I'd already failed it twice. Right. So, you know, and, and, and not only did I fail it twice, but I failed it twice by the same point average in the same sections without having ever seen a repeat question. Right. So, you know, by five points in the same freaking disciplines. And uh, we worked together um, while I was deployed. It was really funny. Uh, it was, she was a, a redheaded female. I was re married to a redheaded female at the time. Uh, my name is David. Her husband's name is David. It was just all sorts of really funny things that we had in common. And, you know, she was such a great person. Uh, and when she passed unexpectedly, it was just like, it, it rocked my world. So, I wanted to, uh, you know, do something to make sure that she was remembered and that what she really believed in um, had a, a lasting impact, at least within ISSA. Uh, and I, I think we accomplished that with the uh, the scholarship. But the the cherry on top of that whole story was actually getting to, at the table that I was sitting at for that award ceremony. I was sat right next to Sean Harris's mother, and uh, you know she was there receiving. Uh, a posthumous uh, award for for Sean and uh, that that really just it, it killed me. So that in front of everybody at that audience, I vowed that when I came back from my deployment, that I would uh, uh, definitely get involved with international because I, I saw all the passion and and uh, the involvement that everybody had and the 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 reach. And uh, I, I made good on my promise. When I came back, I ran for election. I won. Um, and I'm now on my second uh, three-year term now. So it's been an absolute um, uh, tremendous experience. I mean, it's been so thankful for this uh, experience. Yeah, and you bring a lot to, to the board as well. It's a, it's a different mindset in some aspects that um, it's uh, – you know, you've you've got to remember the tactical. You've got to remember how to translate what the worker bees uh, want you to know um, to the leadership language because it needs to be actionable, right? And so, those of us that reach uh, the pinnacle of where we are in our careers still have to remember where we came from. And the challenges, as you mentioned, um, they're different. They are progressive. Uh, the idea that technology is pervasive and is always changing, uh, we need those folks in the lower ranks to be able to communicate to us how and why it's changed. Because we, once we get to this uh, portion of our career, um, we're not we're not there anymore, right? So we have to remember where we came from. You know, we've been talking to David Vaughn, um, who is, as of today, the brand new um, head of cyber threat intelligence over Equinix. Uh, David's shared a lot of his background with, you know, a few of the commercial uh, companies that he's been with and, and how he's grown individually. 
uh, and how he's grown uh, technically and, and, and as a leader within this industry. Um, we're at the end of our session. I can't believe it went so fast, David. Uh, thank you so much for contributing to our program today. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Dr. Murray. Uh, thank you. you. You have a great week. You as well. Thank you for listening to New Cyber Frontier. Remember to follow or like our post and circulate each new show to your networks. We keep you informed, bring you the latest news, explore new trends, and find the hottest topics. With New Cyber Frontier, you don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert, just get plugged in. We encourage you to get involved. Tell us what topics interest you and join our mailing lists. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. That's newcyberfrontier.com. Check out our previous interviews and please let us know if there are any topics that you would like to hear discussed. See you next time on New Cyber Frontier.